Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. I'm Heather Klug, registered dietitian with the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center. With me today is Bethany DeBrew Adams. Hello, Bethany. Hello, Heather. I'm trying not to laugh because Heather was trying to be more peppy. So I'm trying not to laugh because <laughs> she was plenty peppy. That's where we're at, folks. So I'm being more subdued because I'm trying not to laugh. Okay. All right. So Bethany, May is National High Blood Pressure Education Month. That it is. And there are many ways to lower blood pressure, right? Like exercise, losing weight. Mm-hmm. Today, I thought we could go through the top foods to lower blood pressure. Which is something I don't think we think about, like, I think there's, we don't think about there being specific foods that can do that. Mm -hmm. But I know one of them is bananas. Right. Which is really, you know, I know one thing, it's bananas. Yeah, bananas are a great food to eat to lower blood pressure, but there are so many other foods to eat and enjoy. One of these foods I'll mention may even surprise you, so stay tuned. Well, I hope it'll surprise me. I'm intrigued now, you know. Mm, Good. So like I was saying, I think most of us, when we think about food and blood pressure, we think about salt and Mm -hmm. sodium and, you know, putting down the salt shaker, trying to choose foods like low in sodium. Mm -hmm. But you're going to talk about something else that's just as important, but it's adding something to your diet instead of subtracting. That's right. There are three minerals that are super helpful in lowering blood pressure. One is potassium because bananas include potassium. Yes, you got one of them. (laughs) That's good. There's potassium, then magnesium, and the third is calcium. And based on quality research studies, I would even go so far as to say getting in these three minerals is even more effective than reducing salt and sodium. Really? Yes. You heard it here, folks. Heather (laughs) is taking a stand in favor of these three minerals. Yes, I am. And that's because studies done on the DASH diet, and DASH stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Stop Hypertension. Hypertension. Yay! I got it right that You time. got it. Usually she... I screw that up yeah. a lot. And this is not to be confused with Mrs. Dash, just so everybody knows. This is a specific eating plan, <laughs> the Dash diet. And these studies were done through the National Institutes of Health. And what they did is they varied the levels of sodium, but they kept those three minerals I mentioned before, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. They kept those the same and at high levels or recommended levels, okay? Okay. And even at 3,000 milligrams of sodium a day, yeah, it's a little higher than what's recommended because that's 2,400 milligrams a day or 2,300. Okay. So even at 3,000 milligrams of sodium, per day, as long as people got in enough of those three minerals, the potassium, magnesium, and calcium, their blood pressure would go down. Really? Now, I should point out that the best combination for really lowering blood pressure, at least to lower it the most, Mm -hmm. is to keep sodium low and then to also get in high amounts of potassium, magnesium, and calcium. So don't toss aside that recommendation to lower the sodium. Right. I'm not saying, you know, eat as much sodium as you want or salt, right? (laughs) You would never say that. No. I mean, we still have to be kind of careful with that. Right. Um, I'm just saying it's good to sort of watch that. Okay. But it's even better to really get in those healthy minerals. 
So I definitely want to talk about the foods that have these minerals because you know me. I mm-hmm. want the deets on the food. But first, <laughs> we should emphasize why it's so important to keep blood pressure lower or in a healthier range. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the more blood pressure goes above 120 over 80, mm-hmm. that means pressure is building up, right? Right. And it causes little tears in our blood vessels. Which, do you think people think about that very often? I, I don't, don't. I don't think they do either. No, and I like to give that visual because I feel like... Even the name high blood pressure doesn't sound very scary scary at all to people. It's like, oh, it's just a little high. Now, you don't want a lot of pressure building up in your blood vessels for that reason. We don't want to be causing all these little tiny tears. Now, there's a tear, and of course, your body's going to repair the tear. Okay. Right? So what do you think it uses to repair that? I know this because I have extra of it in my body, and that is cholesterol. Oh, Bethany. (laughs) But that is correct. (laughs) You know, so there's the tear, and then cholesterol is floating through your blood vessels, right? Mm -hmm. So it's floating by, and then it comes to fill in those little tears. And if blood pressure stays elevated, more tears occur and more cholesterol deposits in your blood vessels. Right. And this leads to something we talk about a lot in these episodes on this podcast and that is it'll lead to eventually obstruction or narrowing of the blood vessels and that can eventually lead to a heart attack or a stroke that is correct and it's also coincidentally stroke awareness month that's right right. it is and this isn't happening in just older people i Mm -hmm. think that's good for everybody to know yeah heart attacks and strokes are occurring in higher numbers of younger adults yes definitely that is something people should take note of and in fact next week on our podcast We're going to be talking with the stroke program manager from Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center, specifically about strokes in young women. Yeah, that should be a very interesting discussion. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to that and why that's happening. Yes, because it is a really interesting, unique phenomenon, it Mm -hmm. seems like. But today, we're here for the food. That's right. So, Heather, (laughs) what are your top foods to lower blood pressure? Now, I wish we had time to go over all of the foods, but I'll give our listeners the foods that provide the most bang for the buck. Yes. And there are 10 foods that provide high amounts of those minerals I mentioned earlier. Again, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. Okay. Some of these foods even have all three minerals in them. Awesome. And I also picked foods that I think most people would enjoy eating regularly also. So there's no weird stuff on here. (laughs) There's nothing that's going to make you crinkle (laughs) your nose too badly. Right. Let's hope not. All right. So let's dive in. I'm already, I'm looking at the first food on this list and I can say that I'm very happy about this one because this is something that I (laughs) love to eat. Okay. That's good. And those are the spuds. Yes. If you don't know what spuds are, potatoes, and I'm going to include sweet potatoes in here, even though they are different. Right. But I'd like to think of they're sort of in the same category. Okay. And what's interesting here is that the white potatoes actually have a slight advantage, (gasps) a little bit, over the sweet potatoes in the amount of potassium. There's like 900 milligrams of potassium in a medium-sized white potato. That's a lot. Yeah. Anything over 200 is high, just so you know. Can we just take a moment and give a little recognition to the lowly white potato? Because we... Poor little white potato has been so vilified it for has. a lot of reasons, but yeah. it does have a benefit. It's yeah. not just carbs. 
right right there's some there's some healthy vitamins and minerals in there too right and i guess all i would add for the white potatoes is to re- watch the portion size of course well, yeah. Don't eat super giant potatoes and have it with protein at a meal and be careful of your toppings. That's kind of where we get into trouble yes. with potatoes. And don't eat them mainly as potato chips or french fries. Like I was just going to ask about that. Have baked potatoes, roasted potatoes, and some extra Mashed virgin olive oil. my favorite. Sure. But, you Not know, a lot of milk and butter. I get it. I know. So just, I mean, watch <laughs> the portion size. But there is some healthy, if you have potatoes, they're okay to have. They're actually Yay. really helpful in lowering blood pressure. And then the sweet potatoes are good, too. Slightly less amount, but about 500 milligrams of potassium. All right. There. What's okay. next? Next are the leafy greens. So okay. spinach, kale, Collard greens, mustard greens, and actually beet greens have the highest amount of potassium I've seen in That's anything. Yeah, it had over 1,300 milligrams of potassium. Okay. I've never eaten them, just so you know. I'd rather eat the spinach or the kale. <laughs> I, I didn't think, I know turnip greens are a thing, but I guess I never thought of beet greens as being a thing. Right, you can you eat the eat. greens off lots of vegetables, but anyway, about 400 milligrams of potassium okay. in like half a cup cooked or two cups raw. And just to point out there too, uh, this is a category where you're getting all three minerals, so you're also getting magnesium and you're getting some calcium in there too. Nice. All right. What about crunchy things? Like the cruciferous vegetables, you yes. mean? Yes. So broccoli, cauliflower, my favorite, Brussels, <gasps> Brussels sprouts. Yeah, you guys know that's not my favorite, but I'm <laughs> trying and I'm learning to love them. But cruciferous vegetables are great sources of potassium as well. Okay. Okay. And they also have magnesium and calcium, just like the leafy greens. Okay. Awesome. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Number four on the list. Some of my favorite foods. Mm-hmm. I know not everybody loves them for reasons you'll know in a moment, but... Uh, the beans, peas, and lentils. Okay. Super healthy foods because mm-hmm. we're getting a good amount of potassium. We're talking like 350 to 600 milligrams for every half a cup that you eat. Okay. And they also have magnesium in them. And some of the beans, especially the white beans, you're going to get calcium in there as well. Okay. So you're I, getting all three in some cases. I have a question. I have a bean-related question. Okay. Shoot. So- I don't buy a lot of dried beans because they're a lot of extra work. Yeah. So I buy canned beans. Mm-hmm. And I know that canned beans can contain a lot of sodium. Yes. So does this or does this not cancel out? It does cancel out. So you're okay using the beans. Okay. All right. So what I would just add there is drain them and rinse them really well. Okay. That'll get rid of some of the sodium. Now, beans do retain a lot of salt or sodium okay unfortunately so the other way to get around that too if you have them available in your store buy the low sodium or no salt added versions okay but otherwise if you don't have that drain them and rinse them and then i would say the good thing here is like you said because there's potassium and magnesium and sometimes calcium in there it's offsetting the sodium that's exactly what potassium does is it helps to get rid of like pull out some of that extra sodium that's floating around or hanging around in your body nice Mm -hmm. all right what about snack type foods Uh aha so one option here would be to eat nuts and seeds often okay all of those different kinds of nuts and seeds have both potassium and magnesium in them 
Awesome. Okay. And sometimes you're getting calcium, like especially with the almonds. Okay. So those would be great choices. So you get a decent amount. It's like 200 to 300 milligrams of potassium in just a little one quarter cup. So my only thing there is watch the portion size if yes. you're trying to keep your weight in check. Because nuts and seeds are calorie dense. Oh, they are very calorie dense. Yes. Something to go along with the nuts and seeds, because you mentioned snacky. Here's a great way to include two different foods at the same time. Two. Two. Two foods in one. Sort of. (laughs) Bethany. (laughs) So along with your nuts and seeds, you could add some dried fruit. Specifically, if you like apricots, prunes, or if you'd rather, Bethany, she's making a face. Like I just made her like, like she just smelled something really horrible. Everybody makes that face when they hear the word prune. Yeah, it is a, okay, let's call them dried plums. How about that? Okay, because I love plums. That sounds nicer. That's nicer, yes. And I like dried plums. They need new branding. Yes, they do. And then raisins and dates are good as well. So you get a decent amount of potassium in the dried fruits. So now I have a trick question. Mm -hmm. What about foods that we think of as vegetables but are actually fruit? You mean like tomatoes and avocados? Yes. Okay. exactly what I meant. Yep. And those are on the list too. So tomatoes are a really good source of potassium as well. You're getting about 400 milligrams for every cup roughly. And if you like to drink tomato juice or V8 juice, you're going to get about 500 milligrams. But again, low sodium. Try to get the low sodium if you can, right? And then avocados, this may surprise people. There's 975 milligrams of potassium in a whole avocado. Wow. Yeah. Or even if you eat a half of one, you're still getting a lot. I was going to say, how many? I don't know what that is divided by two. I was Four say, how many calories are in a whole avocado? About 300 to 350. So a half of an avocado is good. Yes, that would be fine <laughs> to put on things. Or combine the two. Ooh. So I'm thinking like guacamole would be a great yeah. mash up some avocado, add in some tomatoes in there, mm. right? Don't we have a recipe for a salad? We do, the summer avocado salad. Okay. I should do a cooking video for that. You should. Maybe I'll do that for the summer and we'll put that on our YouTube channel. Awesome. Good yeah. idea. Sounds good. Okay, now this next one is if you think of calcium, these are the foods that you're going to think of. Yeah, and this may surprise people as things that have potassium in them, but milk and yogurt. See, and it surprises me because I think those are those foods we think of as having one thing. Yeah. And that's calcium. No, that's true. That's been drilled into our heads since we were like four and yes. in kindergarten. Especially here in the yeah. dairy state. Yeah. yeah. So you can include them just to make sure you're getting an extra dose of potassium in there. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I know this last one you've been saving for best for last. Oh, my favorite. And I've talked about this before. And that is dark chocolate. Ah. Couple great things going on here with dark chocolate. I don't think everybody knows it has potassium in it. Okay. So that's good. And it also has magnesium. Really? So boom, two out of the three minerals. Yes. I got to ask the question, what about milk chocolate? No. Okay. Well. Just not as, you're not getting the benefit. Yeah. You know, the other benefit, I guess I would say to dark chocolate that I haven't mentioned yet, you get the um, antioxidants in there, more specifically like the flavanols. And this helps promote kind of healthy blood vessel function too, right? Uh, It actually helps open up your blood vessels, which you always want, right? When you dilate, open the blood vessels, now the blood can flow through much easier. So that's what's happening when you eat dark chocolate. Not so much when you have the milk milk chocolate 
chocolate or white chocolate. Which isn't really chocolate. So stick to dark chocolate. And then my other tip there, because I eat dark chocolate every day. It's like my little treat. Mm-hmm. I have like and, a square or two. Emphasis on little. Little. Yeah, it is little. I don't sit down <laughs> with a big bar of it and go to town on that as much as I want to. I like to. I like it to last because it, it is a little more expensive if you get the really good stuff. Not to mention there can be quite a bit of calories in there too. So enjoy it in small amounts. Right. Now, I know that you always have honorable mentions here. Mm-hmm. So are there any other standouts you'd like to let people know about? Yes. Yeah, So the first one is like more of a seasonal food, but that is acorn squash. Okay. So 900 milligrams of potassium and just one cup of that. So when that's in season, I would say roast that with like a little bit of olive oil. I'm going to mention that in just a few moments, Mm -hmm. but that'd be a great way to have some acorn squash. All right. What else? All right. A few fruits to mention. Guava, which I don't even know if that... Can we get that here? That's what I was just going to say. I don't even know if I've ever seen guava in I've Wisconsin. Seen it in things or like as a type of jam here, but I've never seen the actual fruit right. anywhere. But it may be available in other parts of the U.S. or other parts of the world. So if you have Especially guava if you're by in you. Hawaii. Oh, if you're in Hawaii. If you're in Hawaii, send us a plane ticket and we'll do a live podcast. We'll do some taste testing. Exactly. And, we'll taste yeah. all your wonderful fruits that you have available. <laughs> I'd love to go to Hawaii. But anyway, if you have guava by you, almost 700 milligrams of potassium and just a cup of that. Wow. Yep. Next one, kiwi. Okay, can I tell? Can I drop some knowledge on you? Sure. Okay, this is a fun fact that I learned a while ago, and that's that kiwi has more potassium in it than a banana. What? No, I knew that, but... <laughs> Sure, just poo-poo my big well, I am reveal a, here. I am a dietitian, so <laughs> it is true. You have to eat two of them, though. So two kiwi. Yeah, but kiwi are small. Two kiwi have 560 milligrams of potassium, and a banana, like a medium size, is 425. Okay. So you are correct. Thank you. All right. And then the last fruit to mention are oranges and orange juice. That surprises me a little. Does it? Okay. again, I think of vitamin C when I Hmm. think of oranges. And like orange juice, I think I think of calcium because you'll hear like calcium fortified orange juice. I don't necessarily think of. You don't think potassium though? No. Okay. Interesting. Potassium is not one of those things I associate with things other than bananas. Okay. So. Well, I'm hoping we're dispelling that today or at least making people more aware. So when you hear potassium, you don't just think bananas because there's so many foods, as we've talked about, that have potassium, right? Now, here's one that's going to surprise people. This one will surprise people. And let me just say, I was a little surprised (gasps) by it too. No way. Yeah. And that is salmon (laughs) and like other fatty fish. They're actually pretty good sources of potassium, about 400 milligrams and just three ounces of it. So think of that. You eat like three ounce piece of salmon, you're getting just as much as eating a banana. Wow. Yeah. So when you say fatty fish, are these the kind like sardines and those that are recommended for the omega-3. Yeah, right. And then not to mention you get magnesium and then especially with salmon, if you eat the bones at all. Which you probably accidentally do with salmon a lot. Right. Then you're getting (laughs) calcium. So you either get two, sometimes three of those great minerals to lower blood pressure. Okay. And then the last one on the list is extra virgin olive oil. And we talked. Why not, right? Yeah, we talked about this in the Mediterranean diet. 
podcast that yep. we just did. Um, yeah, so extra virgin olive oil has stuff like polyphenols, and which is a type of antioxidant, and it has oleic acid in it. Okay. And these things have been shown to lower blood pressure in many studies. So, so, so you can combine that with the salmon. You can combine that with different veggies that you're the eating. Leafy greens. Right, and, yeah. right. Well, these are all very delicious ways to lower blood pressure. And I know that a lot of these surprised me. Me and all of my dietary wisdom, you were actually <laughs> able to surprise me a little bit. Good, good. Now, the best way to really lower blood pressure is to eat several of these foods each day. Mm-hmm. And the recommended amounts, at least for potassium, are 2,600 milligrams per day for women. Okay. 3,400 milligrams a day for men. If there are any pregnant or lactating women out there, aim for about 2,800, 2,900 milligrams a day for a healthy pregnancy. Right. So hopefully what you're seeing there is there isn't any one single food <laughs> that delivers that amount of potassium. There's not like the world's largest acorn squash that's going to give no. you 3,000 Right. Milligrams. So you have to eat more than one food because often I'll hear people say, oh, I get enough potassium. I eat a banana every day. <laughs> well, that's great because it's a great source, but it's not. You have to eat far more than that to get in the recommended amount to really help lower your blood pressure, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Yeah. All right. So that's what we have for today, folks. I hope you learned a lot about the foods you can eat to help lower your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please remember to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our heart-healthy content. Thanks for listening today, everyone. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at Nance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Louis Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.darrenyachtcenter.org. Like us on Facebook at Center and follow us on if you like what you hear. So, and be sure to tell us. Until next time, be ruler of your own heart.